0: The game is over.
1: Paul George,
0: money in the paint. But the post-game
2: reaction has just begun.
1: Kawhi Leonard is so smooth in the mid-range. Buttery smooth.
2: This is Clippers Locker Room. A recap of today's game and a look ahead on your home for LA Clippers basketball. And now, your host. You, sir, are a bad man. Adam Oslin.
3: Well, an exciting game, but some excruciating pain for Clipper Nation as they lose by one with a score of 176-175 to in favor of the Kings here from downtown Los Angeles. Kings win in double overtime. Welcome into your post-game show, I'm Adam Oslin. Coming up, we'll get to your second-half highlights. We'll also hear from the head coach and the players after this one, but first back to your voice of the Clippers in noah eagle no to say they had their chances is an understatement they had large leads of 14 points with five minutes left in the fourth quarter nine points six points in both overtimes they just simply couldn't close it look the uh, the kings
1: came into this game second in the nba in halftime comebacks when they trailed at halftime the kings coming in had 12 wins coming back and winning the games the only team that was ahead of them coming into this game was the clippers who had 13 wins when trailing at halftime this year So now they're all even in that category after the Clippers led by four following two quarters. I mean, this was just one of the most remarkable games I've ever seen. Never seen a scoring output like this. I've never seen a game in which, like, neither defense could do anything, essentially. And you're right. You could count however many times that the Clippers had chances, the big leads that they, they coughed away. I think it goes back to the shot that they allowed from Malik Monk at the end of regulation. That's that's the game right there. You get one stop, you win the game. And it felt like that a couple times for this team. They couldn't secure the consistent stops and eventually the Kings, who deserve a lot of respect, are currently third in the West for a reason because they've won games like this all year. They had Sabonis foul out pretty early in overtime. He only played thirty-one minutes. But the Aaron Fox, an all-star, Malik Monk played like an all-star, and even with Kawhi Leonard going for a Clippers career high of forty-four. And playing some menacing defense when they needed him, he just ran out of gas. And with Paul George being on that minutes restriction, he had he was the one who was guiding them in the fourth quarter and overtime. Just took over after having just fourteen points in the first three quarters. He had twenty in the third in the fourth quarter and overtime combined. So to put him on the bench, Russell Westbrook fouls out in double OT. It was just a perfect storm for the Clippers who just couldn't push over that line. And and. Those are the, These are just the tough ones to swallow. Look, there's a lot of good that came out of this game. There's a lot of good to take away from this game. I think there's a lot of positive momentum for this team. But, man, this is going to be a tough one to get over for anybody.
3: And we're talking about the teams that are 3-4 and four in the West or were coming into this one with the Clippers having a chance, if they had won, to get within half a game of the Sacramento Kings for that three seed. They will see them again coming up next week, but this one stings in a major way. Now, Russell Westbrook, in his debut, did acquit himself well. He, he looked very good out there and seemingly blended in And I thought really deferred in a great way where he was in control and taking care of the basketball for the most part.
1: You could tell there were a couple times where he said, "Uh, should I drive it or should I set somebody up? And then he he deferred to setting somebody up and it was probably the right choice. I mean, he had 14 assists in this game, Adam. We've seen him have games where he's had 20 points, 20 assists and almost 20 rebounds. I mean, that's the type of player when he's at his peak performance that he can be. So 17, 14 dimes, five rebounds, played 39 minutes in his first game with the team and ends up fouling out in double overtime. But he brought a spark. He brought a whole lot that this team just didn't really have uh, to this point of the season, really, to the last couple of years of someone who can set the table. And And you said it before. I don't know the last time we saw Kawhi Leonard and Paul George get that many catching two threes. And they absolutely made the most of them when a combined 14 of 17 from three-point territory. The Clippers actually set a franchise record and made threes tonight with 26 of them. Now, of course, it was double overtime the last time they had 25. That was in regulation. But still, franchise record in made threes. Franchise record in points. They had 39 assists in this game, Adam. I mean, this is a team that barely averages 22. This is exactly what you expect with Russell Westbrook, and you hope that he can continue and build off of this first performance because – That's the other part of all of this. The Kings didn't really make any moves at the deadline. They brought in Kessler Edwards, who is a young player that maybe they could develop, but he's not in the rotation. They didn't make any moves. This is a team that's been together. The Clippers are still finding themselves, and for them to put up 175 points is pretty impressive.
3: Clippers fall 176 to 175 to the Sacramento Kings here from Crypto.com Arena. No time to hang their head. There's just 20 games left in the season. And the next one's coming up in Denver Sunday night against the reigning MVP, who might have another one coming his way this season with Nikola Jokic and his stellar play. But the
1: Clippers have Plumlee now, and let's not forget, those two played together for some years. They know each
3: other very well. I like it. The secret weapon in Mason Plumlee. Plum he, dog millionaire, he baby. knows his tricks, the plum god. Clippers tipping off in Denver at 7 against the Nuggets on Sunday. We'll have your pregame show starting here at 6 no you didn't have to work out today i hope you didn't because you got one during the ball game
1: you know i got on the bike adam you know how it is you know the <laughs> vibes come
3: on now that's the only way you can stay in shape for a game like exactly. this apparently great call as always my friend we'll talk to you on sunday
1: adam i i really not sure if i can strain my voice anymore i'm going to anyway can't wait adam
3: <laughs> coming up next we'll try to get you some of those second half highlights and was what one of the wildest games not just of the season In NBA history. Second highest
1: scoring game ever, Adam.
3: There it is in the modern era. But the Clippers fall by one in double OT to the Kings. 176 to 175 was your final score. And you're listening to the Los Angeles Clippers Radio Network. In double overtime. The Clippers fall by one to the Sacramento Kings here in downtown Los Angeles with a final score. Of Sacramento 176, your Los Angeles Clippers 175. Second highest scoring game in the history of the league. Welcome into your post-game show or back in. I'm Adam Osland. Coming up, we're looking for post-game audio from the head coach and the players after this one but let's get to those second half highlights. There were plenty of them in a high scoring game like this that started off with the first half where the Clippers led 80 to 76. Kawhi Leonard, he had 17 in the first half. He would outdo that in the third quarter alone so the clippers get the
1: stop to start this third quarter and move it from left to right with westbrook george plumley leonard and morris george crossover drive middle into the paint lob it outside swing it leonard on the right wing will try the three and connects westbrook with his seventh assist of the night makes it 83 76. barnes outside westbrook extra feed leonard a right wing three he's got another Kawhi leonard with 23. 86 78 eight assists for russell westbrook westbrook left wing. Leave it, Leonard, straightaway three, he can't miss. Kawhi, kaboom, 26 and 10 assists now for Westbrook. 92-83 LA. Leonard's going to have to make it happen. Step back, straightaway three over Barnes. Oh, Kawhi cashes in. 29 for the claw, and the Clippers lead 95-88.
3: Kawhi Leonard had 21 in the third quarter alone, tying a career high for most points in a quarter from him, and the Clippers led 117 to 110, heading into the fourth where then Paul George started cooking.
1: George now with Metu on him, crossover, back and forth, down the right alley to the rim, off the window, gets the bucket and the foul. PG-13 with a hoop and harm, and he had a little something to say to Natalie Sago after the fact.
3: Paul George had 16 in the fourth quarter, but the Clippers gave up a nine-point lead with under three minutes left at 2.40, and Malik Monk would hit a three-pointer to tie the game, to send it into OT. Kawhi Leonard had a look at a 70-footer that hit off the front of the rim. So we headed into overtime. In OT, Clippers got off to a quick start. They led by six with 3.04 left in overtime. But they would give up that lead as well. And it was a tie game at 164 all, heading into double overtime. And deja vu happened again. Up six with now a minute 57 left in double OT. And the Clippers couldn't get enough stops, couldn't execute well enough on offense. And they would eventually fall to Malik Monk and his 45 points in an unreal performance. 176 to 175 to the Kings in Double OT here in downtown Los Angeles. Coming up next on your postgame show, we'll preview Sunday night's game and looking for post-game audio from Coach Lou and the players after a historic night here at Crypto.com Arena. But unfortunately it ends in a loss for the Clippers. They lose 176 to 175. I did not stutter. Thank you. What a score. What an unbelievable game. Tough one, though, Clipper Nation. Coming up on AM 570 LA Sports, we'll have Clipper stock for you. 866 987 2570. 866 987 2570 is the phone number. More post game next here on Los Angeles Clippers Radio Network. Clippers losing double OT. So the Sacramento Kings in downtown Los Angeles by uh, brace yourself score of 176 to 175 second highest scoring game in the history of the NBA but the Clippers lose it by one you're looking at this final box score if you're asking for how teams could score that much well they both were near 60% from the field and shot ridiculous numbers from the outside. The Clippers set a franchise record, hitting 26 three-pointers on 58% shooting, and the Kings they went 18 of 41. That's 44% from distance. And Malik Monk went six of 12, none bigger than the one he hit at the end of regulation to send it into overtime. He went for 45, back in a place he knows well here, at Crypto.com Arena. Was a Laker last season. Was able to outduel Kawhi Leonard and his 44, just one shy of his career high of 45. Paul George gave the Clippers 34. Norman Powell off the bench had 24. Nicholas Batum got off the snide from three. He went 5 of 10, had 19 points, but Clippers had 25 turnovers, leading to 42 points for the Sacramento Kings. I've never seen a number like that in my life, and hopefully never do again. Clippers. Next game coming up on Sunday, they don't get any easier. They'll be in Denver taking on Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets. Tip off for that one is at seven. We'll have Clippers countdown for you starting at six. Outside of Los Angeles though, do not go anywhere. We got Clippers stock coming up. 866-987-2570, 866-987-2570. Outside of LA, talk to you Sunday when the Clippers are in Denver at six with their pregame show in Los Angeles. It's Clippers talk next. Welcome into Clipper stock.
4: There's a
5: new sheriff in town. You won't be able to deny it. They're going to go to the NBA finals. I believe it in my heart.
3: This is the best team in the history of the franchise. I am all about the Clipper nation. Let's
2: go, Clippers! This is Clippers Talk.
3: They're trying to win the whole thing.
2: A post-game look at your L.A. Clippers. Recapping the game, the stars, and looking ahead to what's next. To hear episodes you've missed, subscribe to Clippers Talk on iHeartRadio or wherever you podcast. Now, your host of Clippers Talk, here's Adam Oslin.
3: Well, the Clippers were on the wrong side of a historic night as you just witnessed the second highest scoring game in the history of the NBA. But the Clippers fall to the Kings in double overtime, 176 to 175. Welcome into Clippers Talk. I'm Adam Osland, 866-987-2570. 866-987-2570 is the phone number, or get to me on Twitter at FollowAdamA. Coming up, we're looking for post-game audio from the head coach and Teron Ron Liu, and from the players after this one, And William Updike from Clips and Dip will be here as well. It was the debut for Russell Westbrook. And I thought overall, he played pretty darn well. Played big minutes, was at 39, had 14 assists, did have seven turnovers, but hit a key layup at the end of the fourth quarter to put him up by three. Only for them to see Malik Monk, who had 45 Hit a three-pointer on the other end with about eight seconds left in the ball game. Clippers elected not to foul. Play the foul game. Put him at the free-throw line. Don't let him get a three-pointer up in a game where guys were this hot from the outside. I was a little bit surprised by that, but I get it. A lot of coaches play it that way, and you don't want to foul a guy as he's going up. and With the quick, quick release he has, that's a tough call. But that would send him into OT after Kawhi Leonard almost sunk a 65-footer. That would have been the shot of the year. <laughs> and what was the game of the year. Especially if you're a Sacramento Kings fan. If you're a Clippers fan, this one stinks. Not many moral victories left when there's only 20 games remaining in the season. And this was one against the team right in front of them, in the standings, in the Western Conference. Where if the Clippers had won, they would have just been a half game back of Sacramento for the three spot. I'll update you on the standings coming up as these two teams do play again next week in Sactown. But it was a game lost by the turnovers where Sacramento ended up getting up 13 more shots than the Clippers because the Clippers had just an abysmal 25 turnovers, leading to 42 points for the Kings and had them in a key spot in the fourth quarter. When they were completely in control. There were many ways this game was lost. But nothing stands out more than this. It started with the Clippers being up 145-131 to with 425 left in regulation. You're up 14. Paul George has sunk a free throw. You got to handle your business. But unfortunately... They had back-to-back-to-back-to-back to back to back to back turnovers. It was unreal to watch them unravel to that extent. But we've seen it at times this season. It started with a Russell Westbrook turnover. Then PG had two of them. Then it was, I believe, Norman Powell getting called for an offensive foul on an inbounds play. It couldn't even get the ball in before they gave it back to Sacramento. That stuff can't happen. Not at this point of the season. I know you're implementing some new guys, but this team has championship aspirations. And for them to collapse to that level, to give up a 14-point lead with 425 left in the fourth. They were still up nine, though, with 240 left in the fourth quarter. Then they were up six with 304 left in OT up 6 with 157 left in double OT it was like they were trying to outdo themselves with collapse after calamity and collapse it it was just an abysmal performance at the wrong time trapped within a game where the clippers went for a franchise high in points scored and three-pointers made but when they had to execute And really when the game slowed down, as they were playing at such a fast pace as we were opposed to seeing all season long, it was like they couldn't find their half-court offense. They couldn't get the ball up the court. They didn't handle the traps and the double teams well from Sacramento to say the least. And they gave this one away multiple times. And that's an understatement. Brutal loss doesn't mean the season's over. Doesn't mean they can't come back from this. Doesn't mean they didn't have good performances like Kawhi being one shy of his career high of 45 points. He had 44. He had a third quarter to remember. Tied his points high, his career points high for most points scored in a quarter with 21 on eight of eight shooting and hit five threes in the third alone and had a shot in double overtime. That he was short on with a jumper in the mid-range. That if he had got it to go, would have been a new career high for him with 46. And the Clippers would have had a great chance to go on to win this one. But for whatever reason, in this wild, bizarre, twilight zone (laughs) type of game. Where you're just wondering, how is this even happening? David goes to the dentist. Is this real life? Because second highest scoring game in NBA history. High-scoring game happened back in 1983 when the Detroit Pistons beat the Denver Nuggets 186-184 to in triple overtime. Just double OT here if they got to three overtimes. They definitely were going to break that record. But the Clippers lose by one <laughs> with a final score of 176-175. to It's just comical to even look at. And you can certainly go after both teams defensively and say, oh, the NBA doesn't play defense anymore. Well, I just gave you that number from 1983, (laughs) an era that is looked back upon fondly that has the all-time scoring record. And I will say this, the degree of difficulty on some of those shots by Malik Monk, just unconscious stuff. I don't know what you do. Kawhi tried. He was getting around screens. He was taking deep shots. And De'Aaron Fox was getting into the paint, and Kawhi even had a couple of blocks against him in OT. Spectacular plays. Where De'Aaron Fox was in transition. I don't know if I've ever seen this before. Kawhi was the only man back to defend it, and did. It was, well, telling for a two time defensive player of the year. It's what he does. But I don't know if I've ever seen that happen to De'Aaron Fox, who typically just sidesteps, Euro-steps around a guy, or just floats it over the top, and he couldn't against Kawhi. This will be a game to be remembered. You ain't going to forget this one. It stings, it hurts because of the standings, because of the implications. But this is one we're going to be thinking about for a long time for a lot of different reasons. Ultimately, the Clippers lose it. Offensively, they looked incredible. (laughs) The amount of easy looks that Kawhi and Paul George got. I feel like they got more catch-and-shoot open threes than they had all season long. And it was Russ dishing a lot of those passes to them. But everyone out there seemed to be re-energized. The ball was moving. It was hopping. They had 20 assists in the first half to 25 made field goals. That's assisting on 80% of your makes. They end up with 39 assists. I'm guessing that's a franchise high. I'm trying to compile and find all this stuff because it's a historic night. There's going to be a lot of firsts. But the 25 turnovers did them in. And maybe the pace that they tried to play Sacramento at with, which the Kings are much more comfortable in, they've been doing it all season. They've been doing it for a couple of seasons. They got sped up and eventually sped out with too many of those turnovers, trying to play at a tempo they weren't quite ready for yet. I say that, and they still are a three-pointer away <laughs> from Malik Monk hitting, and they win this ball game. So many ways they could have won it. So many plays that were right there, and the Clippers didn't get it done tonight. They got to bounce back on Sunday. Huge game in Denver. You can't let this hang over your head. You can't turn one loss into two, and it's not going to be easy. You're taking on the Nuggets. They'll be on a back-to-back, too, like the Kings were tonight. But remember, Noah Eagle had the number. Kings actually score more. On the second night of a back-to-back, they averaged 123 points. That's about to go up some after they put up 176. But they had 15 turnovers in this fast-paced game. And that's not a bad number, considering how many possessions were out there. It's really not. 25, though, that's excessive from the Clippers. Some of it certainly seemed to be just needing to get that familiarity out there with new players. Russ, I think, had a couple of his turnovers looking for Mason Plumlee. One hit him right in the chest. He just wasn't ready for it that stuff can be cleaned up. But again, sense of urgency, it's time to start winning, stringing big victories together as you get closer to the playoffs, they know that. So coming up Sunday against Nikola Jokic, the back-to-back MVP, it's gonna be a good one. Tonight, a historic one, but it ends in a loss for the Clippers. As Malik Monk out-duels Kawhi, he has 45 to Leonard's 44. The Kings were a play better. They win 176 to 175 in double overtime here in downtown Los Angeles over the Clippers in Russell Westbrook's debut. More Clippers talk coming up next. We'll get to your phone calls. 866-987-2570. 866-987-2570. We'll also hear from the head coach as well. This is Clippers talk on AM570 LA Sports.
2: The home of your LA Clippers.
3: just let it run. I see that. Clippers lose 176-175 to here in downtown Los Angeles. Was that the score? You know, I said it right. Got to double check. Pinch yourself if you're a Kings fan, I guess. In double OT, they take down the Clippers by one in an extraordinary night of basketball and offense and shooting. High degree of difficulty shots and knocking them down. But it came down to the turnovers in the end, and the Clippers had 25, and the Kings just 15. Clippers had their chances. I mentioned it. Up by 14, up by 9 in the fourth quarter, with just three minutes remaining. Up by 6 in OT. Up by 6 in double OT with under two minutes left. Nicholas Batum had a shot in double overtime from distance. Thought it was going to go. Thought we were going to be praising St. Nick tonight. And he did have a good ball game, 5 of 10 from distance, most three-pointers he's hit in the game in about a month and a half since the game in Charlotte where he did in his former team there. Paul George had a shot at the end of the first overtime. Tough one. Tried to step through a double team, put it up. Kawhi Leonard almost had the tip in. Looked to be a little bit after the buzzer, though, even if it did go. So it's just, in a game like this, what's aggravating is What needles you is the amount of opportunities you had to win and you found a few ways to lose instead. And it's a historic game, second highest scoring game in the history of the NBA, but you're on the wrong side of it. Clippers can't let this define their season. This can't be what we're thinking about come the offseason. That's not what Clipper Nation is looking for. You want to watch this one. As much as there were some good things, and I know Coach Lou and the players, they're going to look at the tape. They're going to learn from it. Defensively, they weren't good enough when it mattered most. Offensively, they certainly weren't. With turnovers coming in bunches in key moments. All right, to start things off here tonight, let's go with Javier and La Habra Heights. Javier, what's up? You're on Clipper Stop with Adam Mosland.
6: What, what's up, Adam? Thank you for uh, taking my call and being the first caller. um, You, you, you said it, it. It was a tough loss. It had like four chances. It's one of the toughest yeah. losses
3: any team <laughs> has really taken in NBA history, if you want to look at it that way. You score 175 yeah. points and lose? <laughs> yeah, that's brutal. Yeah.
6: No, it's brutal. And, and Russell Westbrook, you know, he he he, you know, helped him out. He it was a spark there. And, and... Hey, Russ,
3: this is a, a huge silver lining because this was a big pickup. All the talk, all the chatter this week, and what I loved about his game was, for the most part, he played within himself, was in control, was not taking on the high end challenge of going one on five or one on three when he has those. One man generated fast breaks that he's prone to because of his speed. He would slow things down, kick it out to open shooters. He found Norman Powell for a couple of those in the first half. He'd collapse the defense and find guys. I just like the level of control he played with out there. And it was more high IQ basketball than just Energizer Bunny, up and down, aggressive play. It was more heady play, I thought. He tried to set a couple of ball screens for guys. That's something people are looking for from him. And I do think him as a Clipper in this environment is a very good thing. Don't tell me a change of scenery isn't meaningful or that guys playing next to one another that actually like each other isn't meaningful. It is. Guys play for one another. He's back with Paul George and a team that has embraced him. And everybody out there. Seemed to have their game elevated and their energy up in this one. Certainly on the offensive side with the amount of ball movement. It was contagious, but I really thought it started with Russ. He found Plumlee for an easy one that turned into an and one early on. And he hit a huge three and OT. And had a layup that put him up three, only for Monk to hit that three-pointer to tie it at the end of regulation. I'm sorry, Javier, but you made a good point. You sent me down that road. What's up?
6: Yeah, and, 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 you know, the frustrating thing about this game is, like you said, they had a couple times they could close the game, and, 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 you know, the players, you know, they, like you said, they scored 175 points. So at this point, who, who's to blame? And honestly, Ty Lou, uh Adam, with six minutes left, they had four turnovers in a row, and he did not call a timeout. Okay, that's one thing, Adam. That's I, one thing. I, I believe think. he did after the fourth
3: one. No,
6: no, 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 no. Oh, after the fourth one. I mean, it, it, I mean, he, uh, even Kawhi. I saw his gesture. He was like, "Guys, calm down. Let's calm
3: down." I mean, it, and Kawhi told, didn't have call. one that's of those turnovers, and and that yeah, was know, part of the issue. The
6: yeah, but he told the team, like, calm down, guys. Just give me the ball." But no, turnover, turnover. Okay, so that's number one. Number two, what kind of play is Tai Lu calling? Every time he calls time out timeout, Adam, they hardly ever score. That's number two. Number three, Terrence Mann, 18 minutes, Adam, 18 minutes. Bones. I'll, give, I'll give you the, the last one. Not-
3: I, I thought that was curious, and I think he only played about a minute after the fourth quarter in both overtimes, and it came at the very end as Russell Westbrook ended up fouling out. I thought that was a little bit curious when you needed some sort of defense and they were picking on Norman Powell some and they were trying to go after Russell Westbrook, who I thought played okay defense for the most part. He certainly played hard to pick up six fouls. But, yeah, I did think, okay, is, is Terrence Mann going to get a little bit more run here? But I also get the other side of it. Norman Powell has been a killer late in games for this team all season long. It's tough to bring him out.
6: Then, I mean, then, then uh, okay. Last thing, I mean, then you, you you bring somebody else, you take somebody else out, Adam. I don't know who you take out. I'm not saying to take Norman Powell out. I'm not saying that, but you take somebody out. Well, uh, I you, mean, you
3: got to have a solution then. I mean, who okay, are you taking okay. out?
6: You know what? Then Adam, then Adam. At that point, then you take Russell Westbrook out of the game. Then, I mean, you, you're not going to take Hawaii. You're not going to take Paul George. No. You're not going to take Norman Powell. So you're not to Westbrook. Here's the last thing, Adam. Second, second overtime, plumley. Two straight turnovers. Yeah. Why is he playing in the second overtime if Sabonis is not playing? That's the that's the that's when you put in Terrence Mann and you play, with, you know, with Terrence Mann in the lineup. I mean, why do you have plumbing? Sabonis is not playing?
3: And he had back to back turnovers what? and he came in after guys what? got into foul trouble and because Paul George was on a minute restriction, although he played. 41. He didn't play in double overtime. So that hurt him in a big way because he had the ball in his hands and he was hot. He had 20 points from the fourth quarter and, in, and into the first OT.
6: I mean, you said it earlier, Adam, when they're fast break, it's fast break. It's not coaching. It's fast break. Everybody just going up and, up and down the court. You score. When the game slows down, it's about coaching and getting execute. So who's co- whose fault
3: is that? Well, look, those four, tur- those four straight turnovers... I mean, these guys are pros. That's that stuff just can't happen. That's but Adam, that's not on coaching they, 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 to me. That's on Paul George has to get it up the court, and they can't have an offensive foul on an inbounds play. I don't think the guys need to be coached not to do that. They know not to do that. I, right, mean, here.
6: I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I'm just giving you a point, Adam. I, I mean, hey, I, it's I, a
3: frustrating night. I get you, it, man.
6: I get it. You don't you don't you don't you don't, you, you, you don't uh, blame the players. They scored 175 points. At this point you just blame the coach and says, "You know what? You had
3: four chances to close
6: this game and you couldn't do it, Tai Lu. You couldn't do it, Tai Lu."
3: All right, Javier, saying. I appreciate the phone call. I don't think it was any one player or the coach. It was a lot going wrong. To have that many collapses when you had leads and couldn't hold on to them. It's a multitude of issues. All right, let's go to Lenny and Inglewood. Lenny, what's up? You're on Clipper Stock. Lenny, online too, I believe.
7: Hey, Adam. Um, you know, I'm, I'm glad you did the coke business because uh, at the end of the day, we haven't beat the top-tier team in almost three, four months. Uh, we lost. The team. Philly Philly handles us, the Bucks handled us. Wait a second. Denver, you don't
3: like think that's Suns win? They just had well, one. Well Suns okay. Suns no, no, no I don't want to hear fan. that. They had CP three Devin so, Booker DeAndre Aiden out there. Suns was a good win, but I'm talking about
7: full strength <laughs> model, uh everybody on the board. I mean Come Adam on. we haven't we, we haven't no Adam. You can't you can't talk about a Suns win without Kevin Durant. We know what's coming. You, you can't brag I don't about have
3: that. a lot of pity for a team that's going into super team mode because they brought in Kevin Durant and didn't have him that night. And you're going to say that's not a quality win. If it takes you from a very good team to a great team or a team that was in the finals two years ago to being a super team, I still think it qualifies as a very good win against Phoenix, in Phoenix. Yeah,
7: yeah, in, in Clipper Nation it's a good win. Okay, but I'm talking about on both coasts there's five teams uh, there's there's three the teams that are above us we haven't beaten yet, and the teams on the, on the
3: East Coast we haven't beaten yet. Okay, and I'll I mean, give you that, but they haven't played Memphis yet either, okay. so they haven't had an opportunity to beat them.
7: Yeah, and I'm a good thing Memphis seems like it's backsliding right now, but um, you know we'll see with with this last. All I'm saying is that I just think that this, I think we're a good team, but um, like Hawaii said, it we're not we're not there yet in terms of being a championship team yet, man. We're just not. I mean, you don't.
4: You're not
7: going
3: to argue with the that. They you
7: are. Know, we, but I mean, like, we're we not even, like, you don't, I just, I've never seen a team that wants it bad, a t- breakdown and turn the ball over like that with those kind of leads, man. I just, I just haven't seen that. I just, have, and I don't know what to say. I really don't know what to say. I don't know where the breakdown is. I don't know if it's on the players. I don't know if it's on the coaching, but it just, this, this ain't it. This, this doesn't make any sense. Now, yeah, yeah Russ Westbrook. It came. is the
3: first game with Russ. I mean Yeah, he you gotta at least things, say, man, okay, give him a yeah, little he, bit of time.
7: Yeah, he does some good things. Um but at the same time, um, we're squeezing out I mean it is it is gonna affect man's minutes. And I understand Tyloo gotta get him acclimated quickly because the playoffs are coming and that's fair. We gotta we gotta we gotta push all our chips into the middle of the table. Um but uh the the guy just went we just spoke before. I just understand why um, <clears throat> Rocco is, is totally out of, out of the rotation. I mean, what what did, did he say something? Did he crack a bad joke or something? I mean. I I, I can't why, answer why? that.
3: I don't know either, Lenny. All I heard was earlier today, I believe, Coach Lou did say he is the player that has sacrificed the most for this team this season. And obviously that's the truth because he hasn't played much. And even in a game without Visa Zubats, I thought we might see him more. Didn't happen.
7: All right. Well, you know, we got a, a an extremely tough game against Denver. I know Vegas is probably gonna have us, you know, the underdog on this big, but um, well, not big, but you know, we got we got to be the top tier team at at full strength when the other teams are full strength. Or you know, we're gonna go into the playoffs and it's gonna be a, it's, it's gonna be a, you know we're gonna play some really good inspiring ball, but we are gonna walk away. But once again, the moral banner victory. And you know, I guess this Clipper Nation is cool with that. That's what it is. But I was, I wanted more. I want more this year, man. I think everybody wants more this year. And they got to figure this out, man. They got about two weeks.
3: Lenny, I appreciate so, the phone I mean, call. You're right. They do have to figure it out. Time is of the essence. There's 20 games left, and Clipper Nation is hungry. And it's a championship or bust type season. That's how I see it. This is year four of the two one three connection with Kawhi and Paul George. So, yeah, sense of urgency has to be there. Peter in Huntington Beach. What's up here on Clipper Stock with Adam Oslin?
8: How you doing? Listen, I just wanted to say I really dig your honesty. I think uh, you call it the way it is. Uh, I was listening to Javier, and I, I agree with him. What I don't understand, and I'll make my point brief, I don't understand Ty Lue's substitution patterns. I know he wanted to give Russ his minutes, but at the expense of who Terrence Mann, who is arguably, aside from Kawhi, arguably been the best player on the team this year. And to to take the minutes from him, I myself, I would rather see Paul George get rid of, you know, get the ball taken out of his hands or sat on the bench in the fourth quarter. I know that might not be popular, but I still don't understand they haven't we haven't really seen bones either. I know he's new and Roko is he was a defensive presence, could have helped out tonight. I think this is squarely on Ty Lu. I know you'll disagree, but I respect your opinion.
3: Love your show, brother. All right. I appreciate the phone call, Peter. Look, you can point a lot of fingers and look at a few different areas. I, I just can't say it's one guy or the head coach. I think that's oversimplification of what happened tonight in a wild one, to say the least. (laughs) Those turnovers, that's on the players. Four straight turnovers? Turnovers like that? I don't see how you can watch that and say, oh, that's on Coach Lou. He should have taught him better. No, No. These guys are pros at the highest level. And a superstar... And an all-star in Paul George, who had his pocket picked by De'Aaron Fox for an easy one. It just seemed like they lost focus once they got up by a significant margin late multiple times, and it kept happening again and again. And they got to stay locked in. And it's something we've talked about all season long. This team goes in and out of playing really good basketball. And there was some amazing basketball play tonight, and you really saw it all. The ups and downs of this team, I guess, on display. Clippers lose 176 to 175 in double overtime to the Sacramento Kings here on Clipper Stock. More coming up next on the M570 LA Sports. Clippers take a punch to the gut, lose a heartbreaker. 176-175 to 175 in double overtime to the Sacramento Kings, who gained ground on them in the Western Conference standings. Welcome back in the Cliver Stock. I'm Adam Moslin. Coming up, back to your phone calls at 866-987-2570. 866-987-2570. But first, Will Updike from the Clips and Dip pod. Will, where was this game lost in your mind?
5: Uh, I think in some of the the failures to get stopped late. And I think that that comes from a rotation thing. Obviously, you know, no Zubats in this one that hurt us. Uh, But the lack of Terrence man minutes, I think was really, really puzzling. going to Eric Gordon first, who hadn't touched the floor. And I I can't even remember how long uh, before he came in there in overtime. It, uh, it, a lot of it, I got to be honest, was baffling to me. I know that Tyloo is trying to work things out with the new guys. Um, I just, I just don't know that some of those rotations were it.
3: Terrence Mann ended up playing just 34 seconds in both overtimes. And we've gotten a lot of calls on it, and I can understand why people would want him out there in a game that's that high scoring, and you seem to have no problem on that end. And by the way, Terrence Mann has been much better on the offensive end. So what about trying to get a few stops and not having as many flaws on defense that the Kings were trying to pick on over and over again? To great success, apparently, when you score 176 points. So I understand that. I also get how Norman Powell's been really good late in games all season long. Um, but if people are saying that, okay, take out Russell Westbrook then, and eventually he did foul out, I can I can understand that argument. What was your overall assessment, though, of Russell Westbrook in his first game as a Clipper? Uh, offensively, I mean,
5: he does some really great things. He can generate some looks for people. He can get downhill. I mean, his, you know, his struggles finishing around the basket are going to be a problem. Those are fast breaks, like, just waiting to happen. Uh, the turnovers weren't great. And honestly, like, this isn't his fault, you know? he I just don't think that he was the right choice to go with to have two guards in there down late. I know Paul George is on a man's restriction. So, you know, there, there were some there were some instances where Ty Lue had his hand kind of forced, so I, I do understand it, but... Um, like I said, overall, I just think some of those were some bu- puzzling decisions. I think that this was uh, this was again it was lost in some executions. I mean, the, some of those turnovers were absolutely brutal in overtime. But like not being able to get a stop uh, against a, a good against a good offense. I mean, just trading buckets. I, I don't think is the best thing. Uh, but but Russell Westbrook did help the offense overall. Um, but it you know it's it's sort of an up and down thing. It's, it's kind of similar. Uh, as we had with Reggie, but, you know, with a, with a more athletic guard and, you know, a better passer, to be sure. Um, yeah, I just uh, – that, that late-game execution uh, was, was just not very good. And, and you just have to wonder, really, right? Like, for a team that has struggled in that area, is shaking up the lineup and the starters to this degree, with now 20 games left, is that the right move for success? Uh, you know, it was brought up in the pregame presser and that Cleveland team where basically they shipped out half the team. Uh, and I can't remember. Was that the year they lost to the Warriors in five, or the or was that the year they ended up getting swept? Uh, I, I think that remember. was the
3: year that LeBron had 51 in game one, and they ended up getting swept. Anyways, they lost that in overtime, huh? Yeah. And maybe that turns out different if that game
5: one is different. Who knows? But I'm I, saying like it, it's just a lot of gambles to make and I you know I'm, I'm not even saying that that's just a Russell Westbrook thing um I thought you know overall he offensively uh he definitely did some things up uh for other guys for sure um but yeah I don't know and like having Norm Powell out there also not a guy who's going to get you a stop and he's barely touching the ball um I, I, it's just like I said it's just kind of baffling to me some of those kind of calls
3: Yeah, I will say this, though. I thought one of the most indicative signs of an impact from Russell Westbrook was the fact that Paul George and Kawhi Leonard had juice throughout this game. They were attacking. They were playing downhill. They were moving the ball. Kawhi had a couple of spectacular passes. One of them here where he was spinning and I think threw it over to Norman Powell or Nicholas Batum in the near side corner for a three-pointer. But I hadn't seen that level of energy from them consistently throughout a game, especially one where they played heavy minutes like they ended up doing tonight. And I thought, okay, maybe it's the Russell Westbrook effect here where he's taking some of the offensive burden of having to set the table off their plate, and and it's working. They seem to have a little bit more pep in their step, to have a little bit more pop, as Coach Lou would say. Would you agree with that?
5: I would agree with that 100%, and I do love the way that he was getting the offense into motion sooner in the shotgun. Uh, That was, that's
3: probably the best point of the night. I forgot to bring that that up, Will. That was the most stark contrast of seeing this Clippers team all season being bottom 10 in pace and really in the 2-1-3 era playing like that to all of a sudden flying up and down the court and creating multiple possessions and getting shots off within the first five to at least 10 seconds of the shot clock. You're right.
5: Yeah, and I, I do think that that could be key to, you know, reserving some stamina for both Kawhi and Paul George, um, you know, it, it just this was two years ago the best half court offense in the in the NBA. So I, I also don't want to discredit that, but it was it was nice to see. I I, I agree 100 percent. like getting into sets faster. Um, I think is something he can definitely help with. And you know, there were a couple of turnovers that weren't necessarily his fault. Uh, there was one to Mason Plumlee, I think, in yep. the first or second quarter in that second shift, which I think is normally, with a little bit more time on court together, is something that, that Mason is able to put away. Um, so, you know, there were some things that weren't fully his fault. Um, I, I also just liked the way that he, he was really, I mean, he was fully committed to setting up his teammates, wasn't really taking a lot of shots. It, it wasn't like the revenge tour, uh, you know, that that, <laughs> that I had kind of uh, doom prophesied about. Um, so, it yeah, I, I think that there, there was a lot of good, to be sure. And this loss, I, I want to be perfectly clear, like this isn't on him. I'm, I'm not blaming Russ for this loss. I do think that there was some lineup and, and rotational issues late that, you know, it needed to stop. I, and, and I just don't think that the, the right personnel was on the floor to, to achieve that goal.
3: I thought there were a couple plays where you could almost see the wheels turning. And instead of it being Russ being Russ, he slowed down. He was more methodical, and he made the right basketball yeah. play, and it was noticeable. I, I, there was there was a concerted effort there from him.
5: Yeah, and there were uh, there were sometimes early where I thought maybe he was kind of rushing things a little bit, and then I agree he definitely did settle into things. He was slowing down. He was looking to get uh, to see his teammates. Um, so you know, there, there was some good there was some good stuff there. Look, I I think that. Um, the offense is probably going to be less than a less of a struggle, uh, but this team has to get back on track defensively. And and the Kings are a good offense. I give them that, of course. Uh, but you know, if we allowed 176. I mean, what what is Denver going to put up on us? I don't, you know, I'm just uh, I I am I, I am a little dubious of the Clippers' defense right now. And the, you know, the Westbrook addition, God bless his heart, it doesn't help. It doesn't. It, it doesn't help anything on that end of the floor. And he was kind of sleeping on that three that ended up tying the game.
3: It's funny, coming into the season, I was much less worried about the defense than the offense. But recently, the offense has been fantastic, and the defense coming into this game since January 1st in the new year, 22nd. And this obviously is not going to help your defensive rating tonight. (laughs) I'm curious to see where they drop there. All right, Will, I appreciate it, man. I know we're going to have Eclipse and, well, this is double dip. we got a tripod coming up on Monday with myself, you, and Chuck Mockler. But thanks for doing this tonight here on Clippers Talk, Will.
5: Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Heartbreaker of a loss, but such a weird game that I feel like no one should be getting too down on anything just yet.
3: Yeah, this was like the Black Mirror game. I don't know what just happened. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, we'll appreciate it. Coming up, we'll take a quick timeout. We'll come back. We'll get back to your phone calls. 866-987-2570. 866-987-2570. <laughs> Clippers lose 176 to 175 in double overtime to the Kings. Just trying to make sense of things. All right. Not going too big picture here, but just basketball. <laughs> more about it next here on Clippers Talk on Amp by 70 LA Sports. Clippers lose 176 to 175 in double overtime here at Crypto.com Arena. Welcome back into Clippers Talk. I'm Adam Osland. All right, Clipper Nation, you've been asking about it. Why wasn't Terrence Mann playing more? Coach Lou was asked about it game on him just playing 18 minutes. He said, quote, he was good. He should have played more. He said not having man on the floor was as much as a learning experience for him as well. So, I really love that. He said that before this season. He takes accountability when he feels like he has a misstep coaching-wise. A lot of guys would just be stubborn and be like, well, I didn't do it because of this reason. I'm thinking of Ben Hallen or somebody like that. (laughs) Sorry, Ben. (laughs) Uh, my bad. But, yeah, it, it's it's one of those things that I think makes him pretty likable and relatable. He will own it when stuff like this happens and appears to have tonight. Uh, before we get out of here, quickly, rapid fire. Ray in Torrance, you're on Clippers Talk.
4: Wow, 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 Adam. That was probably the most exciting and most frustrating regular season game of my life with the Clippers the last 35 years I've been going so disappointing, but so exciting. I had my son with me. We had a great time, but mm. losing that game was frustrating. I won't go into the whole thing with, with Tyloo other than, I, you know, besides the whole rotation issue, it was the whole managing of the second half timeouts. Why he's calling timeouts earlier in the, in the, in the half was kind of puzzling, and then he didn't have any at the end, so that's why he waited for you know, turnovers before calling one. If he did it halfway through, he would have stopped that. And then we didn't have a timeout at the end where you, you covered a three-point line. Let the guys drive and score. Why the one was covering the line? Didn't have time to tell his guys. Don't let that happen. It was so frustrating, and they went to overtime and lost the whole thing in, in double overtime. So, uh, love. Time there to lose, was a timeout
3: he- before Malik Monk hit that three pointer. So I don't know, Sharamot. <laughs>
4: well, at, at, at the at the very end, it, they, on the last play, they had a timeout. End of the fourth and, quarter. It, okay, well, the end There of the was quarter, a Kings timeout
3: said- with eight point one seconds left, so they oh, okay, more then than then, had at, enough at time,
4: time. Okay, then I guess at that time, talented guys let the guy score, do not let the three-point play be called or, or shot, and they let it shut, be shot. And, and he drove and kicked it out.
3: Right? Well, if day they day don't day, want to sure. take a two-pointer, it's hard to make them take a two-pointer outside of fouling, intentionally fouling and putting was, them, putting them at the line. I
4: always let him just let them, let them score. Don't throw it, kick it out. But no, they're you know, not that going that to play. do
3: that. They're going for the three-pointer there apparently. So just saying you're going to let him score when they set up a play around the perimeter, that's what they were going for. So – the only really other option is to play the foul game. All right, appreciate the phone call. <laughs> Rapid fire, yeah, here we go. Uh, Damien in L.A. Damien, you're on Clipper Stock.
8: Hey, Adam. Oh, man, tough loss, tough loss. Thanks for having me on.
5: Um, it was great to be there because I was a part of history. Uh, I won't get into all the stuff that you guys are getting into. I'll just say, you know, Ty Lue's learning, too, and we need to give him a pass on that. Um, he's got a big task ahead of him, you know, trying to figure out, always going to find out all these minutes for all these guys and I think he's doing a pretty good job we put up 175 points tonight we figure out the little little things will be great but as far as Russ I think it's going to work Adam I think it's going to work I was really pleasantly uh, you know surprised and pleased by what I saw Russ being Russ it looks good to me how do
8: you feel about it
3: I thought at times he wasn't being Russ he was being more choosy and picky with when to attack how to attack. I thought there was more strategy to his game and getting guys involved. I thought it was a great uh, first game for Russell Westbrook in a Los Angeles Clippers uniform. Unfortunately, it comes in a loss. I appreciate the phone call, Damian. And that's it. I know what Jose was going to say. Let's go Clippers! <laughs> Clippers fall double OT, one seventy six to one seventy five to the Sacramento Kings. Tough one because, as I mentioned, the implications in the standings. And I will tell you how this affected things. Drop the Clippers to the five spot. They're now a half game back of Phoenix. They're in the four spot. They're two and a half games back of Sacramento still in that three spot. We'll see them again next week. Clippers next game coming up on Sunday. We'll be taking on the Denver Nuggets. Tip-off is at 7 Well, Clippers countdown is 6. Before we get out of here, I do want to thank the Clippers organization, Noah Eagle. Hell of a call. If you were listening, you were in for a treat. The young goat. I mean, I'm never surprised by it, but tonight's game was a surprise, and as usual, he rose to the occasion. Big Brother Jake Warner, our head engineer here. Big Brother Jake podcast. Big thank you. Zach O'Caldy doing amazing work. Filling in for Katie Newton. Feel better. Thank you, Zach. The callers, the listeners, until Sunday with the pregame show, Clippers Countdown starting at 6 when they're in Denver. I'm out of We will talk to you then.
4: Your
8: father's records gave you hope
2: for a while. This has been Clippers Talk, a post-game conversation about your L.A. Clippers with Adam Oslip. If you like the show, subscribe to Clippers Talk on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you podcast. They have the best team.
3: This team has those championship ingredients. They have some of that DNA. You can see it. This is Clippers basketball.
2: Join us next time on the L.A. Clippers Audio
0: Network.